We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Steven, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. As you know, we are sponsored by Manscaped, and you also know that Father's Day is coming. The weather is also catching heat, and whether you have a dad bod or a rockin' six-pack, Make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GUILTY at checkout at manscaped.com. Again, that's code GUILTY for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Steven, I am your host, and joining me today, are, as always, are Tyler and Alex. Alex is having a little fun at the Lakers' expense today, uh, but definitely something to keep an eye on there in terms of his Sixers and how Joel Embiid is progressing. Uh, but Alex, Alex, how are you doing today, man? That's irrelevant at this point, because I remember Tyler telling me <laughs> that LeBron would do some damage in the playoffs, and the only damage he's going to be doing is from Cancun. Hey, some damage is more than zero, and he did a little bit of damage. I didn't say exponential amount of damage, just enough. It's the motion of the ocean for damage? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, uh, <laughs> honestly, man. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers retool here because, I mean, the Lakers always retool. I can't imagine that Dennis Schroeder is back at this point. Um, he turned down $84 million. Wow. That, was, that guy was a scrub this week in, uh, in the playoffs, so... Um, and Kyle Kuzma, like, just retired from basketball at this point. Yikes. Gosh, that was that was bad. Um, but, yeah, we have we have a fun episode planned for you guys today. Uh, we're going to do our, our quarterback draft. Each of us are going to choose um, five quarterbacks today. We're going to go through it 1 through 15. Uh, we're not going to do a snake draft, so we're just going to go 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, et cetera. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're trying to take into account, obviously, yes, the performance of these quarterbacks. But also, you know, the status of their contract, the status of their health. And essentially, this is going to be like the who you would start a franchise with conversation. Um, it is also worth mentioning at this point that, you know, Brandon Staley did have 
a live Q&A on Instagram. I don't know how much we want to talk about that for a second. Um, but Alex or, or Tyler, I'll start with you. Did you have any major takeaways from Brandon Staley's Q&A? Nope. What about you, Alex? <laughs> uh, well, so I opened the Q&A and then I saw Matt Money Smith was hosting it and then I exited the Q&A. Um, so I didn't really <laughs> oh have uh, too many thoughts on that. Uh, I just, you know, I was disappointed in the, uh, Eli Stove news this week where he, uh, tore his ACL yeah. and then had to get waived, which we found out a couple weeks ago, but kind of a shame that he just wouldn't be able to, uh, compete for a roster spot. Yeah. I mean, OTA injuries are always the worst in general, but when it's an undrafted free agent, you just, you just feel for that guy yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, an ACL surgery at this point, you know, that would put him back and healthy like next February, next March. And, you know, at that point, you know, he'd have to struggle to get onto a roster again. So just really unfortunate timing for him. Um, in terms of Brandon Staley's q and I think, you know, a lot of the stuff we had already touched on, right? You know, he, t- he touched on Kenneth Murray being an all-around player. He touched on the special teams battles. Um, but his comment about leadership on the team, I think is really interesting to start with because I mean, he mentioned, you know, they have a leadership council and and so they have several players on there who have kind of stepped up, but you know, the the three names who have really been a constant from every coach, every player, when they're asked about leadership have been Corey Lindsley, uh, Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen and Derwin James. So I think those three players, it seems like they have. You know, an early lead on the captaincy thing. We, I had to go check. Keenan Allen has never been voted a captain before. Um, he, he's kind of taken over that role when some injuries have happened before, but he's never started the season as a captain. So I think that's, you know, whether you think that's a big deal or not, I think that's a really cool thing for him to head into, you know, the later stages of, of his career and finally be recognized by his, by his teammates. I hope that happens for him. And, you know, Corey Lindsley being a leader is fantastic news. I saw... You know, Nate Tice and Jordan Reed were having this conversation and Brandon Thorne about the importance of the center position and how it helps young quarterbacks. And that's something that we've talked about quite a bit is mm-hmm. just, you know, the mental side of things that Corey Lindsley can handle on a game to game, week to week basis really just takes pressure off of Justin Herbert. He doesn't have to do everything. Um, and so we've kind of talked about the importance of Corey Lindsley, but yeah, I love hearing the fact that he's been a constant in terms of leadership, constantly being mentioned as someone that's you know taking on that role for the Chargers. And we, you know, the Chargers have a leadership void. Almost everybody who you know was a yeah. captain last year is gone. Pouncey, you have Ingram, Casey Hayward, Hunter Henry. Um, I don't remember who the fifth captain was off the top of my head, but it was Tyrod. Yeah, Tyrod. So all five of them are gone. So you're gonna have five brand new captains uh, for the first time in a while, and I think that that's just going to be awesome to see which guys step up. I expect Keenan to be one of those, just based on the fact he's been here for so long, and now with Ingram's departure is the longest tenured charger. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to just see which guys step up. Obviously, it would be cool if Herbert does it in his second year. Um, I don't totally yeah. expect that to happen, but uh, I, I'm curious to see which of the five guys uh, it'll be. I, I can't imagine Herbert's not the the captain of this team, at least one of them. But the Keenan Allen one is interesting for me because it's not like, I mean, he wasn't voted it last year. And they had an opportunity to, and they went with Hunter Henry. And while the locker room clearly respects yeah. him and everyone respects him, he just wasn't voted the captain. I don't know why. Um, I mean, he's excellent at what he does. One of the best players on the team. He's a veteran. 
So I don't know why he hasn't been. So I'm that's the one I'm waiting to see because I'm not quite sure if they'll pick him, but we'll see. I don't know if is is it always five captains for the Chargers or is it so. kind of fluctuate? Okay. Last year that I mean it's five that they start with and it's five that get the the captain patch. Yeah. But, I mean Anthony Lynn always chose to have like one specific game captain mm. right because you know he would have yeah. one person go and do the toss like you know sometimes it would be even be chino smith for some reason <laughs> um but you know in terms of like the players who get the c on their chest it's it's generally been five um it, it seems like you know in the past it's always been two offense two defense and one special teams um so i think ty long was actually a captain last year if i'm not mistaken so he's kind of the one holdover but um you know we'll have to see how that pans out frankly you know, there's there's a ton of new veterans on this team, and Brandon Staley also gave a shout out to Chris Harris, and mm-hmm. you know that's somebody that I would not be surprised at at all because you know he's been in the league for so long, he's got great relationships with the coaching staff, and he's obviously been on the team for a year, so I think that could be another one as well. And I mean, who knows about Joey Bosa? Joey Bosa is obviously kind of a, a quiet, do your work kind of leader, which is which is totally fine. Everybody leads in their own different way, um, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see Joey Bosa get get a C on his chest this year either yeah uh, it would just be exciting for all the guys and Chris Harris is probably going to be one of those captains just every time I hear him speak like in a huddle or something you know he he brings that energy Derwin's another guy that I I wouldn't be surprised to kind of see that in the same respect so uh, a lot of good candidates if I had to throw one more name in there because I believe at one point in the season he was talking about a previous season that he had with the Giants and how they were down, but they rallied back. And Linval Joseph gave a really passionate speech at one yeah. point. So as a veteran, a defensive player, you know, maybe. He's obviously been vocal before, so maybe they give him a shot this year. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what, you know, is in store for him this year because he's, uh, apparently he's lost like 20 pounds. So oh, wow. who knows if that will be able to keep mini up. Mini fridge. But, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, mini fridge. Um, you know, I think the other thing too, we kind of mentioned this, but, um, you know, Brandon Staley has talked about, and all the coaches have talked about, you know, the wide receiver room, uh, and, and how they feel about the wide receiver room. But, you know, unfortunately for, uh, KJ Hill, he's, he's never really mentioned. So, um, you know, obviously it is June, you know, things can change. Um, but it doesn't seem, well, it seems like KJ Hill is on the outside looking in, in terms of making this roster, which is just you know pretty unfortunate as somebody that I thought was was going to be a, a good, you know, value pick for them coming out of last season. But, you know, with the, the addition of Josh Palmer, it just seems like KJ Hill is, is on the outside looking in. So I just wanted to mention that really quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that, I mean, Joe Reed, <laughs> we talked about him last episode, uh, as a guy that might be on the outside looking in. But, um, you know, they'll have training camp to prove it. And preseason, and this year there actually will be a preseason, as opposed to last year where KJ yeah. Hill... And uh, Joe Reed didn't have one, so you know, uh, I I think it's notable that he's not mentioning them. But also, you know, even the most optimistic KJ Hill fan would have him as like wide receiver five or six. So it's like, yeah, right. uh, I, I don't know if it's yeah, definitely not definitive, but uh, probably not great. And he was also a seventh round pick last year, so if you cut him, there's, you're not losing a lot in terms of like draft value versus. We've talked about, you know, the idea of maybe cutting Josh Kelly, which I, you know, I don't think will happen this year. Um, but, you know, they did spend a third round pick. So you do want to see that pan out as opposed to a seventh round pick where you might go, eh. 
Yeah, I mean, Telesco is not shy from going eh to his seventh round picks, so um, hopefully he makes, <laughs> you know, I hope he has a, sh- I mean, obviously he'll get a shot. I just don't think, like, even if Keenan Allen goes down, I'm not going to put KJ Hill in that role. I'd rather just change up my offense a little bit and throw Tyron Johnson yeah. out there or something instead. So best of luck to him. Uh, we're all, you know, fans of his statistically. He looked great in college as I believe Ohio State's leading yards receiver or catches receiver. So, you know, great college career. Catches, catches. Yeah. yeah. So, bummer it might not work out, but best of luck to him. We'll see. You get a preseason at least, so he at least gets a fair shake. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So, all right, let's get started with this quarterback draft. I'm really curious to see how this pans out. Uh, really interested to see which one of us takes Justin Herbert and where he goes. Uh, but this is going to be a really fun conversation, I think, you know, kind of, valuing the quarterback position this way taking in consideration their contracts and some of these some of these quarterbacks have just atrocious contracts like Kirk yeah. Cousins had like a 47 million dollar <laughs> yeah. cap it next year which I'm just like what are we doing um so definitely really interesting to look at the the quarterback uh contracts and stuff like that so the order is as follows Alex has the first pick I wonder who he's gonna take um Tyler has the second I have the third pick and then we'll keep going that way uh, we decided not to do a, stake, a snake draft, just kind of keep it in the NFL draft following. So, um, Alex, I will let you start. And uh, who are you taking with the first overall pick here? Uh, not too much of a shocker here. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes uh, with the first pick. He's still only 25, uh, will be 26 going into the season. Uh, just one of the best, you know, the best quarterback, I think, in the NFL right now. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers did win MVP last year, but, you know, I, I feel like it might be unanimous if you ask all 32 GMs, hey, you know, you can have one quarterback, it would be Patrick Mahomes. Um, And, you know, I know Chargers fans don't want to hear it, uh, but, you know, at some point, there just has to be that respect, you know. It's how I feel when people say Brady is the GOAT, and I roll my eyes. Um, But, (laughs) you know, so uh, at some point, you know, the plays he makes with his arm, just insane throws uh, that people remember in the Super Bowl when his offensive line was crumbling around him. Um, Just he's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, And I think that, you know, that team goes as far as he does. Ultimately, he was second in in big time throws by a PFF last year. Um, so, you know, he's one of those guys that just, you know, you can depend on him to win you a game almost by himself. Two things that I think are concerning. We do talk a little bit about his injuries. Um, he has had a few with his Mm -hmm. knee, uh, and some other stuff. So, you know, we're talking about a five to 10 year, you know, draft kind of period that is a little bit concerning. And as much as he leads the league in those big time throws, he also is, I believe, top three. Uh, turnover-worthy plays, throwing interceptions, fumbles, all that kind of thing. Um, so, but ultimately, all that aside, biggest threat in the NFL, and I just think you have to take him with the first pick. I, I agree with that, and I'm glad that you went there. And a lot of Chargers fans have, have been, like, you know, kind of confused at, at how the Chiefs are able to, you know, make all these free agent moves and, and sign a Joe Thune. The answer is that Patrick Mahomes has a $7.4 million cap hit this year. <laughs> which I think not a lot of people realize. And yes, he signed that monster contract and you know, he signed until 2032, but it doesn't get like really bad in terms of like high end contract numbers until like 2024, 2025. Like even next year, I think it's like a 22, $23 million cap hit. So the chiefs are in a very good cap situation, unfortunately for us, yeah. um, because Patrick Mahomes contract actually gives them flexibility and, and then by the time that it does get bad, 
you know, in, in four or five years, like who knows where these quarterback contracts are going to be in that kind of situation. You know, Lamar Jackson has an extension coming up. Josh Allen has an extension coming up. You know, Kyler Murray will have an extension by then. And and then talks will begin for Justin Herbert and and Joe Burrow and that that kind of class. So when he actually is making $40 million a year, that's going to be even a manageable contract then. So yeah, unfortunately, I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely number one. And, you know, his contract is really not that bad. No, it's really not. But I am glad you brought up those injuries as a concern because I, I do think that is something. There's always just a little something every year. And I don't know how much that will affect him moving forward, but it is something. Can I go to number two? Yeah. Yeah, go Great. for it. PFF, shove it. I am going Justin Herbert at number two. Chargers fans, if Let's you are go. listening, I want you to give me all the likes. Um, look. <laughs> the reason that I was down, I mean, I had the like the most back end first round grade on this kid last year, but the reason I was mostly down on him, I think, is because I couldn't look ahead to the NFL and see what he could be. I only saw what he was. Now I can see what he is in the NFL, and while I don't think he's a top five quarterback by any means, I do think you can slide him somewhere in the top ten. It is undeniable that in an offense. So the teams that we're assuming here, we're assuming these are going to be, we're going to max out our quarterbacks, right? We're not just sticking him in the right. Houston Texans. You know, we're, we're going to have some decent teams and decent players, a defense, decent, decent line. And what Herbert was able to do last year with a piss poor coaching staff, good offensive weapons and a horrendous offensive line to be so efficient and so great in a team with no scheme, no plan, horrendous special teams and, and and poor defense on many occasions for him to rise to that occasion and perform as well as he did with all the circumstances. And every, every Chargers fan knows the story at this point. Um, it's hard to deny that. I think I would start a franchise with him. Now that obviously we had a debate earlier about Herbert versus Lawrence. And at some point I'm sure one of you is going to take Lawrence in the next couple of picks perhaps, but I've seen the kid play. I've seen Herbert play. This guy is only going to be 23 this season. He's got a $68 million cap at the next three years. Um, I have I have zero worries about him, honestly. You know, the only thing I would worry about with some rookie quarterbacks is, you know, a high touchdown to interception ratio or low, high. Yeah, low. Point is, okay, anyway, point is he doesn't turn over the ball that much. So for a guy to have that kind of skill set to come into the league and not turn the ball over and not even have, you know, high interceptable ball rate or whatever, and he's only just beginning. They're just going to unlock what he can do in the run game. I'm taking Justin Herbert. And again, I don't think he's the second best quarterback by any means, but he played phenomenal. He's going to be an MVP candidate this year, I think. And his, his contract's amazing. He's great. So the sky's the limit for this kid, truly. Uh, I was certainly, you know, rooting for the draft a quarterback this year and take Simmons or a tackle last year plan. Which, hey, maybe that would have worked. Maybe the Chargers would have gotten Fields if they drafted this year. But, you know, of course I wouldn't want uh, Fields over Herbert at this point. So, yeah, I'm going with Herbert at number two. Maybe that's a surprise. I don't know. But I just think the talent, the contract, the projection, everything matches up. And, yeah, so I'm going with him. Tyler, maintaining my heel status on this show by going Justin Herbert at two after I go Patrick Mahomes. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's a very interesting you know, decision. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised one of us took him in the top five. I figured that's kind of where he would end up because frankly, you know, when you're talking about building the franchise, like having a rookie contract Mm -hmm. 
is just so, so valuable. And, and when you have it and on a player who has such a high ceiling, you know, that pairing is, is such a huge advantage. And so I, I think Justin Herbert ha- has such a high ceiling and, and being able to get him to kind of start your franchise with is a no brainer for me as well. Um, so this is, this puts me in a tough spot at, at number three. Um, you know, kind of choosing between, you know, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, it is a tough spot. And I, I, you know, was kind of thinking about taking a certain player here, but, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson here at, with the number three overall pick in this, uh, in this scenario, I'm a little concerned about how he will age once his athleticism declines a little bit, his cap hit is a little worrisome you know he makes 40 million dollars in 2023 um but you know i think the talent outweighs you know the contract risk and the risk of the declining athleticism and you know people kind of forget and, and you know the first 10 games he was playing like the mvp of the league and then you know uh chris carson got hurt the offensive line was bad and, and so in this kind of scenario i'm kind of thinking that i would be able to take Russell Wilson and maximize, like Tyler said, maximize his ability, maximize the offensive linemen around him, get him out of Pete Carroll's atrocious offensive history, get him into a system that would, you know, more suit his talents. Uh, So Russell Wilson at number three is my pick here. Yeah, I think Arjun had a a graphic up about EPA in the run and in the pass, and the Seahawks were like in the bottom quadrant for like one of the lowest EPAs in run and the pass. So I mean, obviously Wilson has elevated that, but still to be to be that poor yeah. uh, really reflects that coaching staff. So yeah, um, I certainly was looking at him with my next pick. Obviously, I won't anymore. Um, but yeah, great player. I'm, I'm happy to have him out of this situation and onto our imaginary great team. <laughs> um, yeah. So my next pick, I'm going to. This actually would have been my pick if I had the second pick, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I know there is a lot of questions just about his status Gosh, for dang 2021 it. in general. <laughs> There's a lot of questions uh, about that for him, but to be honest, like I, I just he's so good, and he's been on this horrendous Texans yeah. team for a long time. Uh, I mean, I, not a long time since he was drafted, but it certainly felt that way with how the Texans have played, um, mm-hmm. and ultimately, you know, they you know traded his top five receiver. But he was still kind of amazing in 2020. You know, he obviously, you know, they were 4-12, and but everything was pretty great for him. Uh, just didn't doesn't make, you know, many turnover plays. His turnover plays actually came down from 27 to 14, and his big-time plays actually went up to uh, 42 in terms of big-time throws. So he's just great. And, you know, if, if we're talking about this year, that might be a concern because maybe he'll get suspended eight games by the NFL. But long-term view, if we're talking the next five to ten years, other than Patrick Mahomes, there's no other quarterback that I would rather have than Deshaun Watson. Um, that does not mean that I want to reignite the let's trade Herbert for Watson thing <laughs> that ESPN did this year. Um, but you know, to me, he's only 25, uh, still about the same, same age as Patrick yeah. Mahomes going to be 26 going into the season. That contract, you know, is, you know, fine. He's making 40 million a year, but that's, he's deserving of that. And I think you can still build the team around him compared to the contracts that Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are going to get coming up here, like, uh, Steven mentioned. So 
to me, Deshaun Watson, uh, to me, if we're talking about franchise starting, I think he's the second quarterback on the board. Um, and to me, he's the fourth pick. Wow. Yeah, I think Watson is, I think Watson is absolutely worth the pick. He's, he's definitely, you know, super talented. Um, he only has a $15 million cap at this year, courtesy of the fifth year option. Um, so the, the contract itself isn't crazy, you know, similar to, to Mahomes. Um, but for me, I just like the difference is obviously like the legal situation. I just don't know how it's going to pan out. Maybe he's suspended for eight games. Maybe he's suspended for the whole season. Maybe, I don't know. It, it, it was just a little too much up in the air for me, which is why I went with Russell Wilson. Yeah, no good call. Uh, I did not expect this player to still be here, so why not? I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. If I go youth movement with the first pick, uh, I got to go with this guy at the next one. Granted, he is 37 or 38 right now, and the contract is it's, it's not bad. Like It's only like $35 million a year on average, which is expensive, but it's not you know Kirk Cousins 40-something, Matt Ryan 40-something, or whatever the hell those those contracts are. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. It's really hard to kind of deny how excellent that is. And to get the reigning MVP here at pick five, uh, I think I'm cool with that. So I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. And whereas Herbert is all about projection, I could certainly win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers right now. And I, as the GM and owner and coach of this team, will ensure that we do not take a glorified fullback or tight end, and we will give him wide receivers. <laughs> or trade up for a quarterback when you Holy have Holy hell. Also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers at five, that's absolutely a good call. I think, you know, he showed last season that he is still playing at an elite level. And like you said, you know, in this kind of situation, you can get him some more receiver help get him maybe a better defense. Um, I, you know, obviously would kind of try and keep him in the same kind of offensive system, but I absolutely think that's the right call. So uh, number six for me, I'm sure some people will be a little surprised at this pick, but I'm actually going to go with Lamar Jackson. Oh, um, okay. I considered maybe going with Josh Allen here, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, taking Lamar Jackson, who's won 80% of his starts in the NFL, I know winning record isn't like everything, but he simply gets the job done at an elite level. And, you know, um, I forget who was on the Pat McAfee show when they were talking about this, but you just, when you're building an NFL franchise, you want to have players who give you a true numbers advantage. And I think what Lamar Jackson does as a runner is by far the biggest advantage in terms of a rushing attack that any player in the league has, because it gives you essentially two elite running backs in the field at all times. And he only makes $2 million this season. So I'm only going to pay a reigning MVP $2 million for two more years. And then his fifth year option will kick in and then I'll have to do the extension. So, you know, financially this makes a ton of sense. And again, in this kind of situation, I would take him out of Greg Roman's atrocious passing offense and hope to build, you know, a true passing attack around him. Um, I do like what the Ravens have done in terms of the receivers. Um, but I, I would definitely want to get an offensive coordinator up there, upgraded there. Uh, so I'm going to go Lamar Jackson, the, um, a former MVP, uh, with the six overall pick. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely a little bit surprised. Uh, Greg Roman is currently, or was, Tyrod Taylor's best offensive coordinator. So keep that in mind <laughs> during his entire career. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, you're right. There are a few guys who have that that second, you know, uh, 
dynamic to their game. And 1,005 rushing yards last year is ridiculous. I didn't know that. I didn't realize yeah. he had topped 1,000. I don't know why I didn't know that, but I'm um, looking at it. It's just it's pretty fantastic. There's only a couple of guys that can really you know, say that they're even close to that. So, yeah, um, you're definitely banking on potential there. I know I'm sure this season right. Lamar Jackson is going to take that next step. If he doesn't, then you definitely have concerns. But, yeah, no, I think he can take that next step. So that's a good call. I'm a little surprised, but I like it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I've been pigeonholed uh, into taking Josh Allen, uh, who <laughs> I hated for the longest time. I hated watching him, um, but you know his improvement was undeniable. Uh, year to year, from 2019 to 2020, he went up 11 points uh, in completion percentage. You know, 1,500 more yards. Um, just the quarterback that we saw on the field uh, that first I think his first game was against the Chargers right um that was uh you know just a completely different quarterback who yeah, who goes. was you know kind of scared out of his mind whether it was you know passing or you know trying to kind of make athletic plays uh sometimes that would take precedent over his throwing but he's just improved so much as a quarterback that yeah, like I just said it's undeniable and like Lamar Jackson since he was in the same draft He's going to have uh, more years on that contract, so that's going to be great uh, right. for that rookie deal perspective that we've been talking about. Um, big arm, you know, he sort of led the kind of big arm revolution where uh, GM started kind of drafting quarterbacks that had these raw physical skill sets over, you know, maybe the perfected products. Uh, and so to me, Josh Allen, I, I think still has some room to improve and, you know, he, he finished with, I think, almost like 80% adjusted completion rate last year, uh, considering drops and everything else. Uh, but, you know, the, the one thing that is concerning with him is that he does uh, do a lot of turnover-worthy uh, plays. Uh, Carson Wentz yeah. was first in turnover-worthy plays. Josh Allen was second. Oh, uh, and so wow. that's, that's a concern uh, going Yikes. forward. But... Um, you know, despite that, I, I just think you have to kind of take him here and, you know, you can probably figure out his interceptions, uh, and his fumbles, but you know, in terms of figuring out his interceptions, he had a 3.7 touchdown interception ratio, uh, and told me to shove it up my ass. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, all of us. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just, yeah, 
I, I think you have to take Josh Allen here. Would have taken Lamar Jackson if Steven had went Josh Allen. Um, but, yeah, that's yeah. my third quarterback. Interesting. Yeah, Josh Allen was an interesting one because I had to watch, had to, watch a lot of him for Brian Dable. Of course, every time I watch someone from Buffalo, uh, yeah. they end up not making the team or getting stabbed in the lungs. <laughs> so I'm really sick of watching Buffalo film. I probably watch more Buffalo shit than I have Chargers at this point. But I was actually surprised, based on his quarterback rating in some games, I was surprised to then go watch the play because I actually didn't really think the play matched those ratings. And maybe it's just, maybe I missed something. But it felt like Dable elevated him a lot more, and which is fine. Like, that is his job. And I do like Stefan Diggs bailed him out of a lot of plays. So I do think there's a lot of yeah. room for improvement. Like you said, the turnovers are certainly an issue. But it's very hard to deny the leap he took forward. And, you know, he's only going to get better, I think. He's young. He has that contract. Um, so, you know, no reason to think that he can't continue to get better. So that's a good call. Okay, now we're getting into... The do I go with, it's like we're teetering on the list of people that I don't really like that much. But, um, okay, so, <laughs> okay, so this is a tough one for me because I'm certainly partial to someone like Kyler Murray because he took me all the way to second to dead last in my fantasy league last season. So, <laughs> but he was like the number one player in fantasy. So, like, I really appreciate that. Um, on the other hand, I could go to Trevor Lawrence just because it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, so yeah. you would be banking on the kid who probably has the higher ceiling in Trevor Lawrence versus the guy who's been in the league and does put up good numbers. Because we are taking these guys out of their teams and putting on them on imaginary teams, I still think I will go Trevor Lawrence on this one. If you were stuck in Jacksonville, wow. I would go with Kyler Murray um, just because of all the talent that he has. But Trevor Lawrence having the floor that he does i don't know why i'm going with younger quarterbacks except for rogers but i don't know like kyler murray was banged up last season and there was a point where he did get injured and his fantasy points declined didn't watch much of his tape but boy those fantasy points declined after his injury and so i'm a little bit worried about those things can he hold up long term whereas i think trevor lawrence can and you know trevor lawrence as much as i love herbert is a trevor lawrence was a much much better prospect than herbert um, and, and unfortunately, yeah. this this take might not age well because Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, and you know Lawrence maybe just doesn't do as well because he's in Jacksonville. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but in our imaginary scenarios, considering Murray, nah, I'm not really sure about his injuries, and I still think Lawrence does have the higher ceiling. I'm going to go with him. Um, there are certainly other guys that I, I'm really considering with the next pick that I like, but for right now, I was kind of picking between those two because I wanted to go younger. So I'm going to go with Lawrence on that one. I think that's a good call. And, you know, in building a franchise, like you want to take the younger players, you want to get the cheaper players and yeah. hopefully get elite players where you can with, with those kind of contracts. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, I know that, you know, Chargers fans, you know, have endeared themselves to Justin Herbert and I have as well. But, you know, given the chance, I probably would choose Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert at this point. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is – you know, in, in terms of prospects, I mean, obviously. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, I think, is one of the best prospects we've seen in quite some time at the quarterback position. So um, definitely not surprised that he went in the top 10. Um, all right, so here at number nine, I, I've got an interesting scenario going on in my head because Tom Brady only makes $10 million this year. Mm -hmm. And he only makes $20 million, $21 million next year. 
obviously I think that he's not going to play like, you know, in terms of building a franchise and like long term, I don't think that Tom Brady is going to be around long term. But we were kind of talking beforehand, you know, his numbers, his statistics across the board last year were still at an elite level. I think, you know, his interceptions were a little up. That's the Bruce Arians effect. But sure. obviously he won the Super Bowl. He was Super Bowl MVP. He's still playing at a high level. So I'm like kind of talking myself into him. But at the same time, you know, I went and did a big board and I had Dak Prescott quite a few spots higher than Tom Brady. But Dak Prescott's contract, his injury. Um, I'm going Tom Brady here, man. Like, Blogging I don't, I don't know. By... Like I talked myself into it kind of it. <laughs> But he's still playing at an elite level, yeah. as as we've seen. And his contract, you know, I think he's got like the 15th highest cap hit this year. Uh, granted, that was a bit of a restructure, but you know, I, I think he's in a great spot. You know, in terms of maximizing his own ability, I would love to get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like a, an actual running back. But if I could take Tom Brady and put him in a very similar situation in this hypothetical scenario. I think that in the next two or three years, I could still have an elite quarterback and potentially win a couple of Super Bowls. So, as much as I hate taking Brady at in the top ten, like I think this is the only this is the only scenario. I think if Dak Prescott had a a bit of a cheaper contract, that's where I would go. Uh, but I'm going Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I think you can make the argument for Brady just you know from a cost perspective, and you know he'll probably play ten more years, and you know just continue to annoy us all. Um, that's yeah. just the Tom Brady effect. Um, you know, t- t- Ky- or Tyler, I almost said Kyler. Tyler mentioned that we were talking about, you know, taking these guys out of their systems. Uh, and I feel that way about Kyler Murray. Um, I do not like watching Cliff Kingsbury and that whole offensive, you know, situation. Uh, it was hard to watch whenever I watched Kyler Murray last year. So if you get Kyler Murray, a coach that, you know, didn't lose a ton at Texas Tech and then fall into the NFL, uh, I think that, you know, he could be, you know, a lot better uh, (laughs) if you get a a good offensive mind. But that being said, he still did throw for 4,000 yards, 67% completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So he did not uh, have a shabby year himself, has a huge arm, as we saw in the uh, Hale Murray play. Uh, at the end of that Bills game, yeah. he, his arm talent is up there, in my opinion, with Justin Herbert, with Josh Allen, uh, and a lot of these guys that we talk about. So to me, I think Kyler Murray has to be the next quarterback of the board. Same thing with uh, Josh Allen, but a year later, because he was drafted in 2019, has that rookie contract. Um, and to me, you know, he he's my pick here. Uh, I, I think that if you get him uh, some more weapons, I know he does have DeAndre Hopkins, but Aside from that, he doesn't really have uh, too many elite tier options. I mean, I, I guess he has Larry Fitzgerald, but like, you know, it, it's kind of thin there, tight end, uh, a little bit at running back uh, and some other positions. So I would probably go with Kyler Murray here where he does need to get better, um, is not so much the deeper short passing game, but intermediate. Uh, he ranked 24th among quarterbacks. So uh, between 10 and 19 yards so I think he can still improve in those areas but you know he's a dual threat monster and to me he, he's up there with a lot of these young rookie quarterbacks uh, on a cheap deal that we're talking about so Kyler Murray is my fourth quarterback yeah I, I definitely think that's a good call aside from Lamar Jackson he is the other guy who can call that that true legit dual threat 822 yards 11 touchdowns yep. 
Um, so yeah, that's not a bad call there. I like that for sure. I will be keeping him in fantasy this season because the Josh Jacobs train has gone <laughs> like this. So oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, two more years, $20 million <laughs> for those two years, plus his fifth option. I think Kyler Murray is a really good choice there. Um, you know, as far as Tom Brady goes, while my dad is a Raiders fan and while I did not bring, you know, I didn't carry the jerseys, the colors, the passion for that team with me. What I did carry with me and will carry with me for the rest of my life is the fact that I fucking hate Tom Brady. So I didn't even like, like he's on my list. He's here listed. But he's just kind of like randomly somewhere on my list. And I wasn't going to pick him no matter what. If it was the last pick, if we could go for another 10 picks, I'd be picking some. I'd be honestly Jordan Love, anybody else. Like I just wouldn't pick Tom Brady. I can't oh do it. I respect what he does for sure. And like I have no problem with like winning quarterback guys who are great at winning. I mean, shit, LeBron's on the Lakers, and I root for LeBron everywhere, and he's considered one of like the current goats and stuff. And that's all good. It's just uh, Tom Brady himself. I fucking hate. I hate him. The tuck rule sucks. I hate that. Whatever. And and you know, honestly, I just I hate what what he. I blame him for all the things that you know Philip Rivers wasn't able to do in his career, even though it has nothing to do with him. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Yeah, no, I hate Tom. I love that, Rand. Thank you for that. Yeah. We lost three of our Patreon supporters, but whatever. Um, okay, so, yeah, at this point, it's like, I, I like my next option. I definitely know who I'm going to take. Of course, I could consider some youth movements here. Um, but I think I'm kind of I'm not stuck because I feel good about this. I'm going with Matthew Stafford, a guy that we talk about taking guys out of piss poor situations and putting them somewhere better. Obviously, we don't know where Stafford would go in our imaginary scenarios, but he wouldn't be in Detroit. And while he has had good weapons, I think pretty much everything else has been subpar around him. So I do think he has the talent. I do think, you know, at only 33 this year, his cap hit isn't even that much. I think 21 and a half million per year on average is his cap hit. So taking a guy who's real, like on the younger-ish side of those 30s, a lower cap hit, I do think he has potential. Um, I think he's going to do great with the Rams this season, and I think in our imaginary teams he'll do well as well. So I'm going with Stafford there as my QB4. Yeah, Stafford, I mean, he's only got $20 million cap hit this year, $23 million cap hit next yeah. year. So, you know, contra- contractually, that's that's fine value. Um, I, I personally, like, I think he's going to be great for the Rams in the short term. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about all the injuries and how they've stacked up, so... Um, but again, you know, a similar conversation to Brady, I think, you know, you get him in the right situation, which it seems like he is with the Rams. I think you could get, you know, a couple years of, of elite play, a couple years of game management play, and, and then hopefully get a, you know, a Super Bowl too. I can't believe that Dak Prescott is still on the board here. Oh, yeah, I forgot to write him down. Not because like a Brady hatred. I literally just forgot to write him down, which I'm sure pleases our resident Eagles fan. But yeah, I completely forgot to write him down. My bad. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's okay. Uh, I'll gladly take Dak Prescott as my fourth quarterback here. Um, you know, the contract, he's got the second highest contract, at least in yearly average this year behind Patrick Mahomes. He's got a $22 million cap at this year. Uh, and then it kind of averages out between like 39, 40 until 2025. So again, you know, right now it seems kind of bad, but you know, in terms of his statistical numbers, right, you know, he averaged 371 yards per game last year. Had an adjusted completion percentage of 78. His average depth of target is really solid. His touchdown percentage wasn't great this year, um, but his interception percentage has maintained kind of around between that 1.5, 1.8. So not a whole lot of turnovers. 
Um, and he's he's continued to develop as a passer every single year, which is absolutely something that yeah. matters to me. And while he's not dual threat in terms of, you know, like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, he can give you enough on the ground where I think you can have some wiggle room there. Um, and again, in this kind of situation, I, I would try to keep some kind of the talent around him, right? Because in terms of receiver talent, you can't get much better than Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup as as your three main receivers. Um, would absolutely want to get him, you know, a, a better running game, better tight end. But I think he's improved enough as a passer over the last few years that I think I, I was considering him take, taking him when I took Brady. So, you know, getting him three picks later as my fourth quarterback to me is, is a no-brainer. Yeah, I would have taken Dak uh, had, you know, the Kyler Murray not been available. If Tyler had taken Kyler Murray, then I, I probably would have taken Dak last round. But we do talk about the contract, which isn't bad. But anytime you can take a rookie up-and-comer over, you know, $40 million, I, I feel like you do kind of do it. Um, yeah. And in that same vein, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Justin Fields uh, with my last pick. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure that uh, yeah. was everyone's fifth pick. Yeah, I, it, he just makes too much sense, you know, as much flack as he gets for not going past the first read. Uh, and also, you know, the, the other thing that people criticize him on is depth downfield. You know, he was the best quarterback in college football past 10 yards last year. Um, so in terms of accuracy. So, you know, there's no concerns yep. there. The concern would be Matt Nagy and Chicago ruining another quarterback. Um, yes. But... In this hypothetical where we're taking them, you know, to a different team, that's kind of where I think you take Justin Fields uh, and, you know, you make him into what the quarterback he's supposed to be. Uh, Like Josh Allen, there is there are a lot of Wentzian tendencies in his game, uh, which is to say, you know, a lot of those fumbles, interceptions, you know, he does kind of do that, and that was evident in the game that everyone who's anti-Justin Fields talks about in the Indiana game, uh, <laughs> he had a lot of those tendencies. But this is also the guy who, yeah. you know, smacked up the entire Clemson defense for six touchdowns. Um, so, you know, if we're talking about one-game sample sizes, that's a hell of a sample size. Um, so, yeah, to me, Justin Fields, you know, is Chicago's savior uh, that they're hoping for, and I, I think that he, he just has to be uh, in this list of, like, 15 quarterbacks along with Trevor Lawrence as one of the rookies who I believe shows a lot of promise going forward. Hmm. <laughs> so I think I know who Steven would take if I passed on him. I think I know who it would be. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... So if we did a poll of all five quarterbacks, you know, that we took and who had the best one, who the best set of five, I think they'd... Go through my first four and be like, all right, it's a pretty good one. Um, I am going to stick with my guns because I hate to flip on somebody after one year. I will go with Tua Tungavailoa here. And I know that's a huge surprise. And I'm sure like my stock of my quarterbacks just died. Um, if, if, if Fields were there, I would have taken Fields. Um, but I, obviously he's not there. And I'm, I, I would have taken another quarterback probably, but I'm going to let Steven take that other quarterback that I think he's going to take. Um, I, Derek Carr, not really. The rest, the rest of the list like really isn't that great in terms of age, contract. Like, Could I win more with like yeah. Matt Ryan this year than Tua? Probably. But you know, three years, $119 million. Eh. 
Kirk Cousins, no. Jared Goff, no. Ben Roethlisberger, no. Bridgewater, like, that's cheap, and he's young-ish. Oh, by the way, I just don't like Baker Mayfield ever since he was like, I don't need to read the Chargers playbook. They're not going to pick me. <laughs> and then he got absolutely boat raced by the Chargers in the game that he played against them. So I just I just like don't like That's Baker Mayfield, so I'm, I'm not picking him there. So I understand that like there are some better options today, but I'm going yeah. with Tua, man. And I know that's uh, like it's like a dirty word. And, you know, apparently Tua works out and, and Herbert doesn't. And there's kind of a Dolphins and <laughs> Bengals and Chargers fans clash going on. But you have to consider yeah. that he is on a rookie deal. So that's obviously the one big thing. Number two, I, I do think he has some potential as well. Still again, I took Herbert first and two is here in, in the back end. so it's not like I like them equally, but you know, if everyone can give Herbert his now, granted it's very different because Herbert, you know, had no time to prepare and played the chiefs and went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tua went on that field and put up 340 yards and three touchdowns total against Patrick Mahomes. And I think he played really well against the the Cardinals as well. If you watch that game, another toe-to-toe with Kyler Murray sort of game. He closed out the season okay yeah. against the Bills with 300-something yards. I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, so there are moments there. And, you know, for as much shit as we rightfully give the Chargers offensive coaching staff, Herbert at least had the weapons. And Tua really had neither the coaching staff nor the weapons last season. And really, it really really reflected in when they played the Broncos, where his line was giving him zero help. They had like their, um, they were on like Salvin Ahmed at that point. I don't even know if Parker was playing. And I believe their main deep threat was hurt. And they just had Tua doing drop, 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 back, drop, back, hit, drop, 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 back, hit. They were doing nothing to help him. No weapons. No, I mean, I don't know what they could have done, but I certainly feel like they could have done more. And granted, Tua was missing reads on those plays. And then that's fine. He's a rookie, but I just think that not only did they have no weapons for him, they didn't really build around him. They had no plan for him. They're just like, uh, you know, we're winning with Fats, Fitzpatrick uh, after the bye. We're sticking to it. And, and then he go gets to play, you know, Aaron Donald and the Rams. And it's like, what, what are we doing here? Like, what is the plan for him? Yeah. There was no plan. So I am I'm banking on the fact that I loved him coming out of college. He was my quarterback one. And like, I, I think there's something there in this situation where we assume that we're going to put these players in good situations I think Tua, I'm going to bank on him. Uh, we'll see how this ages. I'm doubling down on Tua after having him as my QB1 and getting burned for that. I'm taking him here as my QB5 here in the NFL over some of the other guys. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. It's just my, my heart and my gut feels that way. Um, I didn't take Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, I wouldn't have taken him for another few. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Steven, go ahead and tell me why you're taking Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I, I'm actually not going to take him. Wow. Really? So, okay, wow. Yeah. I, um, I think the NFL has really gotten to a point where you need a dude. Like, you need someone that you can count on you know having an elite ceiling at the quarterback position so i 100 percent would have taken justin fields here if he were still on the board oh yeah uh i probably wouldn't have taken Tua, but i get it you know he was my qb1 as well and while i i think i could you know kind of formulate a better situation for him than what the dolphins have done um but yeah i I, i'm not gonna go ryan Tannehill here I, i think I think Tannehill is a fine quarterback. He, I think he is clearly the best of that group of game manager quarterbacks. And yeah. I do think he is a little underrated, but in this situation where I'm hoping to get an elite talent, I'm hoping to get, 
you know, contractual value, I'm going to go with Trey Lance. I was so hoping I'm going to go Wilson. with. <laughs> no, we got to get into like the pick 30s for, for me to take <laughs> oh, no. Zach Wilson, man. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to take Trey Lance because I, I understand the concerns. I understand the concerns of, you know, he only played one year in college and, and all this stuff, but I, I think he has such a high ceiling. I think he's got a rocket arm, and I think his ball placement needs improving, but I think he can, you know, we saw Josh Allen improve as a passer, and we've seen Lamar Jackson improve as a passer. And I don't know what it is because outside of Tom Brady, all of my quarterbacks are runners. Uh, so Trey Lance, he had a 1,000 yards rushing in college, and that's something that I think really gives you a, a huge advantage. Um, and I do think he has a top-tier ceiling. Um, I considered going with Joe Burrow yeah. here. But I think, you know, his advanced numbers last year really weren't all that great. You know, his average depth of target was only like six yards. His deep, uh, his deep pass completion percentage was like 25th in the league or something like that, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So I just think Burrow is a little more limited with what you can do. Love his attitude. Love his moxie. Love his toughness. Um, but I think he is ultimately going to become one of the like someone like Ryan Tannehill, who's who's more of an elite game manager than anything else. So I want that high ceiling. I want that rookie contract. I want that mobility and flexibility from the rushing uh, rushing game that Trey Lance would give me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to end our quarterback draft by taking Trey Lance. I like it. That's a good call. That's a that's a really good one there. Wow, I can't believe we didn't pick Joe Burrow. I forgot about <laughs> Burrow too. I don't think I would have taken him anyway. But like. Yeah, I forgot about Burrow. So, oops, whoopsie. That's all good. So let's let's recap each of our picks. Alex, who are your five quarterbacks, and then Tyler, and then I will finish the recap. Yeah, so I had Patrick Mahomes as my first, Deshaun Watson second, uh, Josh Allen third. Then I had Kyler Murray fourth, and fifth I rounded out with the guys that you the guy that you guys wanted, Justin Fields. <laughs> who was your fourth? Uh, wait, Kyler. Kyler, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyler, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cool. I went Justin Herbert, um, rightfully so. Then I went with Aaron Rodgers. Then yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Then Matthew Stafford. And then close it out with everyone's going to fucking kill me. Tua Tungavailoa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear the feedback on this. One. So I, I took Russell Wilson first, I took Lamar Jackson second took Tom Brady third, and then I took Dak Prescott and Trey Lance. So, guys, let us know what you think in the comments and the tweets, uh, wherever you want to give us some feedback. I think this is a super interesting conversation. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill didn't get drafted. Um, Baker Mayfield didn't get drafted. Neither Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. So, it's pretty clear, you know, what kind of quarterbacks we, the three of us, value. Um, and I, I think that's on par with the league. I think you want to get some quarterbacks who have that top tier talent, that top tier ceiling, and hopefully get some cap flexibility. So, uh, Alex, any final thoughts before we wrap up today's show? And then Tyler, after that. Yeah, uh, I think that if we're going to do the poll eventually on who got the five best guys, uh, so Tyler would have won with about 60% of that <laughs> poll uh, if he just had not taken Tua because he took Justin Herbert, so he's going to win the poll. But now I think he'll be around 50% yeah. uh, in the poll just because he <laughs> took Tua. So unfortunate break for him. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, think, I think I'm happy with the guys that we all took today. 
definitely an interesting group of quarterbacks uh, just going for the future and, you know, just trying to kind of roll the dice. You know, I don't expect every quarterback to pan out this year that we took. You know, someone like Justin Fields could struggle because of his situation or someone like Trevor Lawrence. Um, but yeah, no, I think we have a good group of guys uh, heading into the future until we look back two years from now and think, what the fuck were we doing? <laughs> well, as long as I don't have to look back and say, what the fuck were we doing when I took Herbert first of all? <laughs> okay. um, if I'm right about my Tua thing, that's awesome. Um, yeah, let me know, guys. Is, uh, forget it. Don't let me know. Just, just don't. I mean, look, the dislike button still gives us engagement. Like, so that's cool, too. You know, I think I still have, like, the reigning most dislikes on one video with the Juju Smith-Schuster video I did once. So, you know, if you want to throw some more that's in there, right. that's completely fine. Um, whatever. I'm just I'm, – I'm excited for these quarterbacks to see where they do and how they do in their imaginary situations. Um, I fucked Tom Brady. So, there we go. <laughs> there you go. You started off bad with a Tua, then you wrap it up with a fuck Tom Brady chant. I, I yeah, like get my get my points back. Um, there you go. <laughs> hey man, at least you didn't take Tom Brady, so maybe exactly. maybe I'll end up with the the most dislikes because I took Tom Brady. But you know what? It, I, I try and be as partial as I can, and I don't hate Tom Brady as much as everyone else does. Hmm. So, but that's cool with me. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for us today, guys. Make sure and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to the audio version of this podcast. Make sure and stay tuned for our next few episodes. We're going to be doing this kind of thing across the board for different kind of you know positions like offensive line, front sevens, secondary receiving groups. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, covering the next few weeks. And then, of course, we'll have training camp starting at the end of July, which we cannot wait for. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.